everyone, this is Amber Love from AmberUnmasked.com and thanks for joining me for today's episode number 1205. Today my, I have two guests, which is going to be very exciting. I have Chad Meyer from Four Features and Kelly Newsom, who uh, are going to talk to us today about a film project that they're working on about creepy and eerie comics. So welcome guys to the show. Thanks for, for coming in. Great, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, what can you tell me, Tad, about uh, Four Features and what this project is? What you know, where is Creepy and Eerie Comics falling into your project? Sure. Um, Four Features is a film company um, that has done two feature films right now, and they're both in uh, in post production. And uh, we got teamed up with. Uh, the owners of the the creepy and eerie comic assets um, just about four months ago and uh, started tossing ideas around and came up with the idea of of picking one of the one of the stories uh, from the creepy and eerie magazines and turning that into a feature film uh, and uh, so that's we're in the process of, of putting that together right now so uh, creepy and eerie just to give you a little bit of background we're started in the mid-60s by a very eccentric guy named Jim Warren, uh, and uh, they were very popular in the late 60s, throughout the 70s, and into the early 80s. Uh, and now, uh, Jim Warren is a, <laughs> that's a whole story unto itself. Um, he's actually, a, in some ways, a contemporary of, of Hugh Hefner. He actually was indicted for for pornography. Um, right. These, well, these they... Comics were, they were allowed yeah. to get away with different sets of rules because they were considered magazines, right, not comics. That's Isn't exactly that? right, yeah. So okay. that's how we, how we got a, kind of around the comic book code, yeah. And so, um, so, the, so the, uh, the stories, I mean, they're, they're cartoons or, or comic books, um, but they're, you know, they're drawn pretty explicitly. They're, they're horror. So there's, uh, you know, there's certainly kind of hardcore horror elements to it. There's kind of scantily clad women. And uh, so there's a bunch of things that that uh, really got teenage boys uh, pretty excited at, at that time, and, and got their parents uh, kind of nervous. So that was a uh, they, they were they were incredibly popular until Jim Warren I think ran into some personal financial difficulties in the early '80s, and uh, the the comics went quiet uh, until a group in 2007 actually approached him. Well, they approached him a lot earlier, and it took several years to to get the deal done, but they, they bought all the assets um, for the Creepy Neary franchise, I believe, in 2007. And so they've, they've since uh, been putting out actually new comics. So there's, uh, I think there's 20, 20 different volumes that have been put out um, actually using some of the old writers, some of the old artists, as well as new ones. And, is, this uh, the, um, and the dark, is this the Dark Horse yeah, series? Exactly, exactly. Okay. They're sold through Dark Horse, but they struck a deal with Dark Horse. Okay. So Dark Horse has been putting out not only um, kind of hardcover archive books of the old comics, uh, right. but then also issuing issuing the new new series, and they've done really extraordinarily well. So, so they're breathing some life back into the into the brand. Uh, why do you think that's important at this point to to keep the legacy going? Well, it's amazing. There's there's just a huge fan base for these magazines. Um, you know, honestly, I, I didn't realize it until I got involved. Um, but a lot of uh, a, a lot of people remember those comics. 
um, again, they were they were very cutting edge, even even considered a little bit over the line at the time, and so they were extremely popular. And there's a lot of people that have really fond memories of, of reading those comics. And um, and and what's I, what I what I find really interesting is that a lot of you know, particularly I, I've found out in in Hollywood, a lot of people um, have those memories and are, and and uh, still feel very fondly about Creepy Harry and. It was really kind of interesting. I, w- I was watching just um, the movie Super 8 uh, a few weeks ago. I rented it, and uh, and I wasn't expecting to see this at all. But in one of the one of the kids' bedrooms, uh, you know, there's a shot where he's talking to his friend, and you can just see over over his shoulder is a is a creepy magazine cover tacked to his wall. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. just just out of nowhere, you know. And so it's there's uh, you know what I found out is there's really kind of a um, kind of a a, a groundswell, or, or a, a, you know, kind of a deep appreciation for the the creepy and airy brands and what the comics were, kind of a, among that, among a lot of Hollywood folks as well as just general public. And is the film project a live action or an animated, or is this a documentary? What's the, the format that you're going for? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. So this is the first live action film to be done based on creepy and airy. Um, and, is it, and so it's it, one it is going to be. Yeah, exactly. So we, um, there was some debate about, um, you know, I don't know if people remember, there were a couple of creep show movies that were right. done. Uh, the first one was done in the early 80s. The second one was done kind of in the late 80s. Uh, there, were, there were anthologies. So they, so they had kind of between three and five individual stories, and they were kind of tied together with, with bookends in the beginning and the end. Those actually, those actually weren't, um, were called creep show because they didn't actually uh, have the rights to the the creepy, uh, even though they were pretty clearly kind of a kind of a ripoff on it. Um, but we decided not not to do that. We, ours is going to just be one story, basically one standalone um, horror story that uh, that's going to be made into a, a feature length film. Okay. And which uh, characters are there? Are these uh, going to feature, perhaps, or play a role in the movie? Yeah, there's no, uh, this you know, Creepy and Eerie probably have maybe a dozen or so, maybe even more than that, uh, recurring characters. Yeah, not too uh, many. Yeah, yeah, and, and, the, and the guys that own the assets, uh, actually, they, they honestly refer to them as, as probably, you know, if a Batman or a Superman are, are A characters, you know, these guys are probably, you know, B or B-plus characters. So they're, you know, there's, uh, there's not, a, not a Spider-Man in there, but there's some really interesting characters that I, that I think can really be uh, uh, developed into, into something that's, that's pretty interesting. But we're actually, for our first feature film, we're not going to deal with any of those characters. We've taken one really pretty interesting story that was just a standalone story uh, with, a, with a pretty cool twist at the end, and, uh, and we're developing that into the, the first feature film. Okay. Um, Kelly, can you uh, fill in some of the details about how you're looking to raise the money here? Yeah, actually, I'm going to defer to Chad because this is Chad's project, and I'm really coming in as an outside consultant. Okay. So I'm going to defer to Chad to answer that question. Sure. Yeah, the budget for the film is is uh, 1.7 million, and uh, we're certainly looking for accredited investors, as well as um, we've had some discussions with uh, with I guess you call them mini studios or or small production houses, um, particularly on the West Coast. So what we're doing right now is we're trying to trying to line up the equity investors that would be involved. Um, the money's going to be raised in, in um, fifty thousand dollar increments. So uh, 
it should be uh it should be a pretty you know the the there's been several films um recently over the last several years at that budget range that have done extremely well insidious house of the devil um could name several others so that's that's really our, our plan is to um have a very high quality moderately uh budgeted feature film um and uh and uh, have it be a uh, a very profitable investment for for everybody involved, as well as a as well as a heck of a lot of fun. How far along are you in the project? Do you have the screenplay done and the casting or anything yet? We're in the early stages, so we've we're reaching out right now to um, to a handful of writers that we've chosen. Um, I probably shouldn't say at this point who's expressed interest, but some some pretty okay. well known names have. So we're putting. Um, we're putting it off because again, I mean, it's kind of remarkable uh, that everybody knows Creepy and Eerie, and so kind of you know we reached out to uh, a handful, actually two or three really primary guys that, that were really interested in who have a really good name, you know, particularly in this genre, and and they all know Creepy and Eerie, and are, and are really excited about potentially being involved with this. So we're um, so we've got the story picked out. Uh, we've got a really good treatment, and uh, and now we're uh, just kind of negotiating with the writers to to do the screenplay, and then at that point we'll start uh, getting into casting and pre-production. So that's kind of kind of the stage we're at. It, okay. it all ha- happened actually pretty quickly. We really just started uh, started putting this together a couple of months ago. And what's your projected date or that you're hoping for, best-case scenario, to get this out? Best-case scenario, we're hoping to go into, uh, to have the, uh, the capital raise done at the end of June and be into to full pre-production uh, through the summer with principal photography this fall um, and then uh, after post-production uh, to have this out in the film festival uh, kind of early spring of, of 2013. Okay. And um, I imagine something like this is going to take a reasonable amount of special effects even if they're very practical effects like um, costuming yeah. and sets. So how are right, you planning right. on, on approaching that? Yeah, and that's, and that's a, a really great question um, because one of the things that we really want to do with this movie is, um, is, is not use CGI. Like, you know, what we don't want to do is we don't, want to, we don't want it to be CGI. We want it to be very practical special effects. And, and it's also going to be kind of in the, in the, in the, um, the classic horror genre, which is kind of early 80s you know you think back to Halloween and you think back to Friday the 13th and, and those were all real uh, scary movies that, that had quite a bit of gore and, and real special effects as opposed to you know what the, the term's kind of been coined um, torture porn which is some of the horror of late you know all the Saw movies and um, Hostel and there's been some other you know that, that aren't really scary monster kind of uh, gore more just you know, uh, as we just just torture, and, and so we're going to stay away from that, and we're going to stay away from CGI. And uh, we've got some people on staff. Actually, Tony Wash is um, uh, is uh, getting to be very well known um, in the horror genre, and his uh, his his specialty really is special effects. And he came from the Savini School of Special Effects Makeup in Pittsburgh, and uh, has a lot of ties back there still. And so we're going to have a, a lot of actually a pretty big part of the budget is going to go toward our toward our special effects crew and and um, and capabilities. 
That's fantastic. It's um, I know that yeah. there's the reality show and finishing up. I guess finished just finished its second season called Face Off. So I think um, practical effects have are going through a renaissance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Exactly right. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the movie House of the Devil that came out a couple years ago was actually uh, it was kind of trying to to be retro and, uh, and kind of emulate those movies from the 80s. I mean, it had actually very 80s feel, you know, the hairstyles and the cars and all that, but um, but also just the, the practical special effects aspect of it as well. So I think that's, I think it really is making a comeback. And again, and again it, it uh, makes sense for this film and this brand, too, um, to be uh, kind of retro and, and back to, you know, back to the 80s. Um, so, so the idea is, is to uh, kind of carry all the all the really cool stuff in terms of the, the practical special effects and and the, the scariness and uh, and the monsters, so to speak. But um, but bring it to a new generation. And uh, we've got um, you know, Jesse Israel of Cantor Records in New York is is going to help a great deal with the soundtrack. And, and it's going to you know our, our goal really is to to appeal to the current twenty somethings. Um, so something that's that's retro in, in some really good respects, but then also kind of hip and cool and new um, and I, that I think will really uh, appeal to, to today's 20-somethings. You mentioned uh, the, the torture porn genre mm-hmm. and, and the variety there. Uh, because this is an independent film, are you going to try and stay within any sort of uh, motion picture rating guidelines or are you just um, not concerned with what's considered a rating? And that's a that's a really good question, and it's something we haven't really decided on yet. Um, so the the story we we've chosen could conceivably go either way. So I, I think we're gonna, you know, that's kind of still still to be decided, I guess. I mean, it's certainly, um, I, I'd say it's probably going to be R, but um, but I'm not, I mean, and I'm not sure exactly why. You know, I'm not sure if it's going to be the language or if it's going to possibly be some nudity or, or just, just the violence. Um, so I, I would say it's probably likely to be R, but I, but I really, at this point, can't, couldn't tell you, tell you much more about it. It really depends on kind of where, where the writer takes the story, so we're, we're interested in seeing what he does with it. Okay, do you have a favorite horror movie? Uh, my, yeah, <laughs> and, we, and we talk about this a lot, actually. My favorite horror movie is The Shining, and, uh, and it's actually going to have a lot of the feel of The Shining as well. So uh, it takes place in um, in one particular house that's a really big house. And, uh, you know, the neat thing about The Shining is, it, is it's just, it's got a lot of kind of just eerie um, space and silence. And uh, I, I think we're going to do a lot with kind of the, you know, the, the it, what makes The Shining is really the atmosphere of the film. And it we're going to really very yeah, yeah, and so we're really gonna gonna play around with that a lot in this film, which I think will be really cool. Yeah, mine mine is Jaws. I mean, it's just my favorite movie. Yeah, and and I I even have a hard time remembering that it was billed as a horror movie because I was I was little, fairly little when it came out, so I didn't see it, you know, until I was a teenager. But um, right, right. You know, I comparing something like Jaws to Godzilla. I never looked at Jaws as a monster movie until recently, because to be a monster mm-hmm. was, some, was something 
grotesque and sort of deformed and fantastical. But then, you know, recently, as I get to know horror outside of the puke-worthy torture that's out there, like some genuine suspenseful horror, you know, I look at Jaws and I say, okay, well, we've got man versus nature, and this is this is still terrifying. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and again, back to the suspense. I mean, the suspense is just what makes it with Jaws. I mean, you just, you just never know when that, when that shark is going to come back, and it's it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. That's one of my favorites as well of all time. And it's a great horror movie, and people usually don't think of it that way, but it really is. Yeah, it just seems so mild by today's movies. It's just, it's so mild that you can sit a five-year-old kid in front of that movie and nobody would be shocked right now because <laughs> of other things that are out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, when it, when it comes on, you can't turn it off, you know? Yeah. So it's... Uh, Man, every every time I see it come on TV, I'm like, oh boy, there goes my next hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's you, just you such can't. A great you, movie. Yeah, you absolutely no. can't turn it off. I love that about it. It's so it's right. so timeless, despite the the seventies wardrobe. There's you hear yeah. that you hear yeah. that music, and that music is such an important character. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's again the atmosphere of it too. You hear that music and it's just suspenseful and it's uh, it's great, really great. So we're going to really try to carry some of that into into this film. I think it's going to work really well. So uh, you had mentioned uh, Jesse Israel and talking about the music. So do you mm-hmm. do you anticipate it being something that's that's very um, carried through? Like a typical a typical soundtrack to me is something like when we look at the uh, the original like Schwarzenegger Conan movie. I mean the music was just so incredibly powerful in that movie. Um, but then there are directors like you know M Night Shyamalan and Alfred Hitchcock who purposely have an absence of music that makes things terrifying. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Which, right. you know, which which way do you think that you're leaning towards more like you know? minimal music or making it because you said 80s vibes so to me that seems like there's going to be a lot more music I, th- I think there probably is I mean it's going to be um, uh, you know we've talked to Jesse about just kind of in general getting getting very involved with Creepy and he again is a, is a, is a big fan even though he's, he's really young um, he's, a, he's a big fan really excited about getting involved and so as we looked at, at a couple of different stories um, some certainly lent themselves to a lot more music than others. Um, this one, I'd say, probably a little less. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what what he suggests and what what we end up coming up with in terms of the soundtrack. I mean, there's certainly certainly going to be a, a few songs in there, but again, you know, I mean, you go to The Shining and and uh, you know, it's pretty pretty minimal in there. So that should be interesting. Again, we're pretty pretty early into this, but I think uh, I think we're kind of all on the on the same page and. We'll see, we'll see where we end up. So, Kelly, I don't want you to feel left out here. Do you have a favorite horror movie? Actually, oh, I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Actually, I'm uh, I'm with Dad. It's always been... The... Oh, I think we lost her. Did we lose you, Kelly? Hello? I think she was she was about to say The Shining, but the, but she completely I cut out. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Okay. I hope she can jump back on. 
Okay, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Okay, well, we can. We think we can hear you now. Okay, yeah, and, and uh, you know what? I think I'll just let Chad continue on with the interview. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah, but thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, technology. So the How one time I've ever seen totally, totally speechless. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. She, she, she's giving you the spotlight, Chad, so we'll just take okay, that, right? Okay, I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> Um, so I hear kids. I hear kids in the background. There, you have a couple uh, behind yes, you. Yes, I got my 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 four and a half four and a half year old son here. Who I was just thinking. No, I, I don't think he's ready for Jaws. But not really. <laughs> he did. He did watch Wizard of Oz last night for the first time, and I actually thought he'd be terrified by that, and he wasn't. So. That movie I found yeah, I much scarier. I was terrified by that movie till I was like ten, I think, maybe even later than that. He just. Watched it last night without even blinking. Like, wow. Okay. You never know, I guess. So, do you plan on on getting him into comics? <laughs> um, well, I, part of my background as well is is as an actor, and uh, I've acted in um, a lot of films and um, commercials, etc. Um, I live in Chicago, and uh, and I've gotten him into that a little bit. So he actually. Um, has gone out and uh, and done some 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 print shoots and uh, actually one or two commercials. So he's uh, he, he's a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. But I, I don't know if he'll actually be involved in creepy or not. <laughs> that might be a little too much. Well, it always it always seems that the movies with the children are you know it ups the the creepy factor so much. Like you were talking yeah. about in The Shining. I mean, seeing children in horror movies is it takes it to a whole different level. So, I mean, there's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm much more partial to, to a, a good monster movie than something that's, you know, like The Grudge or whatever. Yeah, or like The Exorcist. With the, yeah, with the I ha- yeah, no, I haven't been able to sit through yeah. that. I- yeah, geez, that's something, right? There's, a, there's actually a, a um, we were kind of, you know, as we were putting some of our materials together for this movie, looking back through, some of the creepy magazine covers, and one of my favorites is there's just a girl on the cover, this little girl, and she's holding a doll, and it just, it looks, you know, literally creepy as hell. <laughs> it just kind of makes your skin crawl. It's just, there is something about kids in uh, yeah. in horror films. Yeah. Well, there's, there's always some, you know, some common denominators that you can expect to be twisted and terrifying, and you've got kids, clowns, uh, you know, any uh, phobia, any phobia, um, dolls, yeah, doll, dolls, mm-hmm. carnivals. You know, there's. I, yeah. I, went out to, I went out to Coney Island uh, the week before they opened, and seeing it very abandoned and fenced, and um, it was a rainy day, and it was just you could you would just walk up and down the boardwalk and imagine like, oh yeah, you know, there's like going to be some gang of mutated, you know, murderers that somehow have, like, have a lair here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and just that carnival music itself is is just kind of scary. There's something about it. <laughs> it is. It's, har- it's just horrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. But then there's, there's also, like, the romantic horror genre these days. I mean, creepy and eerie come from 
this background, which also includes uh, Vampirella, who, you know, we were talking about sexy exactly. women and scantily clad women and, and things like that. Um, and typically in the, the 80s horror movies, there was, you know, it's such a parody now about how, you know, a young romantic couple and like the hook man comes up or something. Um, but nowadays on, there's, there's, like the CW, it's practically completely devoted to this horror romance with, you know, werewolves and vampires and teenagers in love. Oh, yeah, all the, the Twilight stuff. All yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. No, I mean, I, all that stuff is definitely making a comeback. Yeah, I just can't imagine, like, I've never sat through Twilight, but I can't imagine trying to sit through that and, and be scared. Like, none of those creatures look scary to me. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I, I haven't uh, forced myself to sit through that yet either. <laughs> yeah, and I just think it's sort of, I, I mean, it's a romance. It's not a horror, but they're trying to take, you know, monsters and make them romantic, and it's very difficult. I mean, I was a big fan of Buffy. Yeah. So, you know, Buffy and Angel, to me, you know, was very counterproductive in that element as well. It was just so, you know, the forbidden thing. But, um... Right, but, right. Well, they're all, but, you know, they, they take all the, all the best-looking people in the world and they try to turn them into monsters. I, I don't know how well that works. But. I know, yeah. That was, that was always very amusing. Um, yeah, right, right. But, I mean, you know, through seven years of Buffy and Angel is like three or four or something like that. I mean, they... You know, they would constantly try to escalate the the fright factor in the sense that they, you know, everything, like every year there was another apocalypse. Every year the world was going to end because of some ritual, you know. And oh, like yeah, said, yeah, right. The, the people will, of course, save the world. <laughs> right, yeah, I know. What's, what's the lesson there? Huh. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but do you want to do you have any last thoughts about getting getting the word out there about this film do do we have a title to start with or or anything that people can search yes we do actually yeah I'm sorry the the title is Cry Fear okay and uh, yeah and um, so we're going to we're going to be putting out a press release as soon as we sign the writer which should be in the next the next week to two weeks and uh, we're actually going to going to just have a little Kickstarter campaign as well, just primarily to, to really get some marketing buzz going and uh, and get people, you know, excited about the film and, and really on board, and there's going to be, a, you know, a way to, to get some, some creepy cry fear hats and creepy cry fear shirts and, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and, I, and as I said, the, the writer's going to be somebody who's, who's pretty well known to anybody that's first in the genre, so, um, you know, he's going to have a following, and, and so, you know, I... I we'll, you know, the goal is really just to, to get people kind of excited and, and involved and, and uh, you know, really enthused about being on the ground floor of something that, uh, that's just getting started. And, uh, and as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is really the first film. So we've got, we've got a handful of other really good stories. Um, we've got uh, a bunch of characters that we can draw on. Uh, and so, it's, you know, the idea is to really launch, relaunch the brand with this first film and then, um, and then, uh, and then go from there. So... Pretty, pretty exciting. So, you know, if you want to give people my uh, my email address, if anybody's interested in, in learning more or possibly getting involved, you know, 
please do that. I don't, I don't know if you want me to, to say it or if you want to put it on your site or something or how that uh, works. Uh, you can you can try saying it, but I'll I'll try to print it down uh, for the show notes as well. Sure. Yeah. It's C Meyer C, Amazon Mary E Y E R E R, and it's at fourfeatures.com, F-O-U-R-F-E-A-T-U-R-E-S.com. So, um, so anybody can reach me right there. And, um, okay. We're just so excited to excited to be in the process here. That's great. Um, you know, I think we'll just wrap it up because I'm getting some terrible feedback. I don't know if it's recording that way. Um, but yeah. Chad, thank you so much. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for having us, Amber. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much, Amber. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, keep me posted as soon as you get the writer information and get the Kickstarter link, and we'll, you know, we'll get that out there. Terrific. Sounds great. We'll do it. Okay, great. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. All right, all right guys. You. You've been listening to Chad Meyer and a little bit from Kelly Newsom from Four Features Films. And I'm Amber Love from AmberUnmasked.com. <laughs>